Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning once again, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're in the middle of May already, Mr. Tate, May the 14th, and a nice day, 72 degrees outside right now. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. A lot of really important ball games, golf matches, tennis matches, all this, a lot of uh, important stuff that we're going through, have gone through, and are going through. We'll talk about uh, those things, including Major League Baseball and whatever else might be on your mind this morning. Our guest lineup includes Greg Sharp. He's the uh, football and baseball radio voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and Nebraska's in town to play baseball. Illinois beat uh, Nebraska last night by a score of 8-3 to at Illinois Field. We'll talk about uh, that uh, game and series with Greg. We'll talk Big Ten football with him as well. Coming up at 9.30, Scott Docterman from Iowa City, who writes for The Athletic. He's been talking about uh, realignment or the, some of those kind of options in Big Ten football. We'll get into that a little and bit. And the upcoming distributions where Illinois is going to get a lot more money than they've been getting from TV and, and the, the networks. And everybody is in the, in the Big Ten is going to... Going to really yep. will it double? That I mean, that's kind of the conversation that it might. Yeah, double. I, I I just never dreamed it would go. <laughs> Maybe fifty four million this year. I'm not. I I can't. I won't believe it doubles until I see it. But it's going to be a lot more, Steve. Whatever it is. In the second hour, we'll lead off with Jack Ebling, our friend from East Lansing. Talk about uh, those some of those same issues and how. Maybe Tom Izzo is getting along in this uh, new world of NIL and transfer portal. Yeah, buddy, he threw a, a number out at me that I didn't know. He said that Michigan State has beaten Michigan five of the last seven at home and five of the last seven on the road. Is that right? In Ann Arbor, yeah. So wh- which is the power in Michigan? You tell me, in football and basketball. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, Michigan's. I think Michigan's might be the favorite for the Big Ten basketball this coming year, do you think? They might be, yeah. I mean, one of the favorites, mm-hmm. certainly. And I, I don't know where Michigan State is, but they haven't been quite as good. We weren't quite as good last year. So Jack will join us at 10 o'clock. Then at 10.30, Scott Ritchie will stop by. We'll talk to Scott about uh, a lot of things. He just recently did his 
200th podcast, and he did it with uh, Brad Underwood. More on that. We'll talk about uh, the contract uh, extension that's in the works for Josh Whitman. That's uh, looking good. We can talk about that a little bit right now, but uh, it's going to go through 2028. Yeah, uh, he's going to make a lot of money, a million dollars. Can you imagine an athletic director at Illinois making a million? I wonder what uh, Doug Mills would say about that. Or Cecil Coleman. <laughs> Cecil Coleman, <laughs> pinching pennies here, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to uh, be voted on here before too long by the uh, Board of Trustees. So uh, certainly um, when you look at uh, Josh's uh, track record so far, uh, especially on the fundraising and facility side, he's had uh, – Mixed reviews on coach hirings, but uh, yep. all in all, it's uh, it's been a good run for him. Oh, I'll say. I mean, the the money they brought in is incredible. And, of course, uh, maybe they've gone too far. I don't know. But they've raised over $300 million. I, I, uh, when I talked to Howard Milton about, oh, it's been about a week to 10 days ago, he said that they were, they were up to $309 million that they had raised in the six years since uh, Whitman's been here. $309 million they've raised. Baseball scores from last night in St. Louis. The uh, Giants beat the Cardinals 8-2. to Cardinals are now 17-15. and And I don't do this very often. You turned it off. I turned it off <laughs> early. Well, the, the, you, Steve, you got to uh, accept something. The Cardinals are going through a transition. When, when this season started, no team in baseball had a more – absolute starting lineup at the eight positions than the Cardinals. They Everybody knew who every, every position was set. And now, shortstop's not set. Left field is shaky. Center field, Bader, I guess he's okay, but he's not going to hit. Uh, I don't see Molina catching much over half the games, do you? No. I mean, he's out a lot. And, uh, you know, they're talking about changing, you know, what do you do at second? Do you, you keep Edmund at second base, or do you move him to shortstop and, and, and make a move there, or just leave him at second base and kind of struggle through the shortstop situation? By the way, Donovan's hitting about, he's hitting a, a ton for them at shortstop in this brief, good left handed hitter, it looks like, but he hasn't shown that in the minor leagues. He, he didn't play that well. And Yepes is doing well coming oh, up. Oh, Yepes is. He's your DH. He, I think he should be the right handed DH, but they, they, he brought back Pujols for that. I'm not so sure. The, well, yeah. But I'm not so sure you don't just put uh, Yepes in there and leave him right-handed and against lefties. Oh, I think uh, it looks to me like ways, that's I mean. what they're. I, I think yeah. they're going to do that. But and, and he looks like he's the cleanup hitter. They just moved him up in the minor and batting fourth yeah. all of a sudden. So the Cardinals are still set at third and first, but the other positions are all a little tiny bit shaky, except for second. Yep, and there were well, there were a lot of Cardinal fans talking about bringing up uh, Nolan Gorman. And plugging him in there, he's got a dozen home runs at uh, Memphis and forty strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you know, and, and nothing's perfect, but uh, at least he gives you some pop. Arizona out west last night beat the Cubs four to three. The Cubs are eleven and twenty on the season now. The Yankees beat the White Sox ten to four. White oh Sox my. slipping back under five hundred. Yankees are hitting ten, scored ten runs. I don't know how many times this year. Have you seen that? They they are slugging the ball. Stanton's hit five home runs in the last five games, I believe, and Judge is hitting the ball. I mean, they're they're a ton. The White Sox fifteen and sixteen on the season right now at Illinois Field, as we mentioned, the Illini over Nebraska, eight to three. So Illinois twenty seven and nineteen on the season, thirteen and six in the Big Ten. Well, With one get, more series after this yet. 
Yeah, the, the main thing is to get in the Big Ten mm-hmm. tournament and win it, Steve. <laughs> That's the main thing because they're, they're not going to get in the NCAA otherwise, it doesn't look like. Yeah, their uh, non-conference wins are few and far between, even though they've gotten uh, to eight games over or seven games over uh, 500 at this point. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. And they'll play at 3 o'clock today. And then they'll wrap up the series tomorrow. Softball might be in that same boat as far as the NCAA tournament goes. They've got 39 wins, but I'm not sure how strong their, their record is. You kind of raised an eyebrow. You think they're a definite for the NCAA tournament? I was told they were. Well, okay. So I, 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 I think they're – but we'll know tonight. They decide they, – they make the announcement tonight. Tonight Sunday, or tomorrow. Sunday night. Yeah. Isn't today Sunday? So, if we are, we're, Excuse me. if it is, we're doing – we missed yesterday's oh, well. show. You know, one day is the same as another. <laughs> no, it's Sunday night. Yeah. They're 39-20 and 20 on the season. Men's golf team is out in Connecticut, in New Haven, Connecticut, getting some practice rounds in for the NCAA New Haven Regional, which starts on Monday. And uh, Illinois is seated fourth in that, trying to make their 14th straight appearance in the NCAA championships. Five slots open. Yep. Five be, slots in each region, yep. Doesn't matter whether you finish first or fifth. You just got to either advance or you don't. Yep. And, that, and the uh, women were, uh, fell, uh, fell short of doing that. They, they only had four slots open in their Yale uh, regional. No, they were in Tallahassee. The men are in this Yale. This is at Yale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the women uh, played last weekend in Tallahassee and uh, didn't quite get there. But uh, the men will try to make it for the uh, 14th straight season to the NCAA Nationals. North Carolina is the number one seed up there. And there's two or three other uh, uh, Southeastern Conference teams and ACC teams down there as well. Or up there, I guess. Uh, well, they seem to be in pretty good shape. And it looks like G has come back from his... Uh, Shoulder problem, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he, hopefully he'll play the way he has played in the past, and uh, they can get in there. One other golf note, Steve Stricker rolling on in his uh, comeback from that uh, illness they had late last year. He is 11 under par, has a two-shot lead in the uh, PGA Tour Champions, the tradition being played down in Birmingham. Yeah, you go seven under the first day, four under the next day, and you only lead by two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's some, there's some good players out there on that uh, on that tour, and it's kind of fun to watch those guys. By the way, you see what Mickelson pulled out. Yeah, he did. I thought. I mean, they announced just a couple of days ago that he and Tiger both would play in the PGA, and that begins Thursday, and uh, he has taken. I think he just must feel self conscious about the problems that he's been involved in, and. and Probably not in condition. You think he's sharp enough to play right now? I don't know. I don't know, but he's kind of in a hot, uh, hot spot. He really uh, is, image-wise. Yeah, yeah, he's really hurt himself. And there's a lot of uh, controversy going on with uh, the PGA not granting any waivers for these guys to play in uh, Greg Norman's international uh, tour that he's trying to put together. Yeah. And I don't know that many were going to do that anyway, but they pretty much said, <laughs> "You're not going to do it." No, if you do that, you're just going to be banned, it yep. sounds like. It's yep. like the old, if you go back uh, about 80 years or so, I don't know how many years you go back, but uh, there was a Mexican baseball league, and they banned Lanier and several Cardinals uh, from playing. If you played in the Mexican league, you couldn't play in the major leagues. I don't remember why they did that, but I do remember it happened. Yep. Those are some of the headlines. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. 
If you'd like to join us, the Castle Heating and Cooling text line open as well, 217-351-5357. We're off and rolling on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, and we're back with more in just a moment. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. Moving up on 914, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on this May 14th. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Glad you're with us. Greg Sharp is going to join us in just a moment uh, from uh, Nebraska. Actually, he's in town, but he works for Nebraska covering uh, baseball and football and other sports. But first, Steve in Princeton is with us on the line. Steve, what's on your mind this morning? Well, guys, I'm going to have to apologize, but at 10 o'clock, I'm going to have to listen to you on podcasts, but I'm going to watch the Big Ten Golf Tournament on the Big Ten Network. I want to see how the Illini won that last hole or whatever to win the, the golf championship, but that comes on at 10 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. It, uh, I was watching it on the live scoreboard uh, as it happened last weekend, and it was it was nerve-wracking just watching uh Watching it that way, it'll be interesting to see it on TV. So, but anyway, but I'll catch you guys on the podcast. But, you know, I think it'll be interesting just to see how they, I think they won it on the 18th hole, didn't they? They did. They, I was, the well, they were ahead and, and they held on yeah. now. Yeah. When did they get the one-stroke lead? What hole did they? Oh, they were ahead? they were ahead all the time. I yeah, they, they began the day. Uh, the last day with a one, uh, they were one shot back when they began the mm-hmm. day, and then they they jumped into the lead, and it was kind of back and forth, back and forth, and uh, that's the second year in a row that the Big Ten uh, golf championships was won by one stroke. Yes, they needed a par from Adrian on the last hole, and he got it. Yeah, but don't forget about par the by. don't forget about the birdie that the the, the, the young guy, the freshman, made earlier on. Yeah, that, yeah that the, but at the same time, there were two birdies on the opposing team. Yeah, true. So, yeah. So they were, um, you know, it was close. It got down to the wire, but uh, it looked like it might be a tie there for a moment, and then he hung on. So well, anyway, I'll enjoy listening to your interview with Jack Everly. And I always like him at Michigan State. All right. Thanks, Steve. Yep. Appreciate you calling in, as always. Greg Sharp, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good, man. What a beautiful night last night we had for baseball. Had a big crowd out there. It was a good night for the Illini. The Huskers are hoping to bounce back and maybe make it a series today. But I'm doing well, Steve. Good to be with you guys. What's uh, Nebraska's record now? It's it's underwater. They're 19-27. and 27. They've had a very disappointing year. This was a team pick to win the league. And They've had some injuries to the pitching staff, and they've had some some guys who've underperformed. So it's been a disappointing spring for for Nebraska baseball. So are they are they out of the Big Ten tournament? Lauren, not yet. I think they're mathematically not eliminated, but they okay. you know, the, the clock is ticking because there's only only five games left in the in the conference season. So it's uh, they are near extinction. I think uh, as we hit the last stretch of the season. Well, what do you hear from um, the football and Frost and, and, and everything that's going on in terms of reviving that uh, Nebraska football program? Yeah, a lot of changes in the offseason. He made four changes 
on his staff, uh, to, uh, let some coaches go, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. He hired Mark Whipple, who was the offensive coordinator last year at Pitt, and Pitt had a really good year. They won the ACC and had a quarterback that was a, a Heisman finalist, so he's come in to run the offense, uh, hired a, a wide receivers coach, former Husker quarterback by the name of Mickey Joseph, who was the wide receivers coach at LSU the last couple of years uh, when that staff got got let go after last season. And then Brian Applewhite's a new running backs coach. He was at TCU and, and uh, also added a special teams coordinator, Bill Bush. And I think that, that group has kind of energized the program a little bit. They were fairly active in the transfer portal in the offseason. Uh, the new quarterback will be Casey Thompson, who last year was the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. And so it, it'll be a different look for Nebraska, I think, when they take the field in Dublin, Ireland, guys, at the end yeah. of August. They're gonna yeah, take we're, Illinois was supposed to go to that, weren't they, a year ago? They sure were. And then, then the pandemic hit. And so this year, it, it, Illinois couldn't make it work this year. And so it's Northwestern who's now going to be the team that Nebraska will play over there. I want to ask you, before you get off the, the Pitt idea, uh, the, the, you mentioned the Pitt offensive coordinator coming, the Pitt quarterback going to Southern Cal, mm-hmm. the Pitt receiver maybe, I don't. it sounds like. Uh, what's your reaction to the whole transfer business? Don't mind the portal, but I think what's happening now in some cases, I think you have some tampering going on, and I don't think that should be allowed to take place. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's guys, to me, it's, been the, it's kind of been a storm that's hit at the same time. You've got the transfer portal and name image likeness that have now hit us at the very same moment in time. And that's an awful lot of change in one moment for college sports to deal with. And the NCAA just kind of took a hands-off approach in my eyes anyway, over the last year or two, like we really don't want to navigate this. And so it's been, as a lot of people have said, the wild, wild west. And I think the two, the combination of the two, the one-time transfer and the portal with name, image, likeness, and the, the ability for student athletes now to make some money, uh, I think you got just just a weird time right now for college sports. I don't know that it's a good time. I think it's just a different time. Uh, and hopefully the powers to be and people much smarter than me can figure out a way to kind of balance this so that we don't completely ruin amateur athletics. Talking to Greg Sharp, University of Nebraska radio voice. It's been a while, of course, now since Nebraska entered the Big Ten. How's that going over? Our fans pretty much, uh, well, they have to accept the fact that that's the way it is, but do you think that is turning out to be a good move for Nebraska? Oh, I, oh, no, without question. I, I think Nebraska feels very comfortable now. It's been more than a decade since they've been a member of this conference. I think that they've started to establish some rivalries. That takes time. You just don't flip a switch and make that happen overnight. But I think that, you know, they're starting in different sports to develop some, some really good rivalries. And, and I think, you know, they, they, I think they feel like they fit in very well in this conference. I, and I hope the league feels that way about Nebraska. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of people were – Kind of, we've all raised our eyebrows a little bit with the additions from the East Coast with the Rutgers and Maryland, but I, I feel like Nebraska does kind of fit the Midwest mentality uh, and has an awful lot in common with schools like Illinois. And uh, but yeah, isn't it crazy, guys? It's already been more than a decade that Nebraska's been a member of this league. Yeah, now we see Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Uh, what's the latest you hear on when that will actually finally take place? Can they get in early? The well, the Big, the Big Twelve is the Big Twelve is holding their feet to the fire because they want to hang on to their television deal, which I believe runs through 
25. So we're still a couple of years away where they're still locked into being members of that conference. And the Big 12 is not interested in any exit fees. They want the full television uh, money that they're getting from ESPN. And that, that, that was based on Texas and Oklahoma being members of that league. What's really odd, I was talking to a, a guy from that league a couple of weeks ago. They're in, they're in search of a new commissioner in that league. Bob Bowlesby, who used to be the AD at Iowa, mm-hmm. is retiring. And so they're trying to find a new commissioner. And, and Oklahoma and Texas are involved in the search. And you go, <laughs> well, that's a little strange. Why would they be involved in the search when they're going to be out of here in a couple of years? But, Lauren, I thought the same thing. I thought for sure those two would leave early. But I'm told that the Big 12 conference members are going to just kind of hold them to it and say, no, no, you're going to stay through the end of the TV deal, and then you can then you can take off. What's that mean for Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, teams that are coming into the Big 12? They're going to have a really big league for about a year, two, year or two, because they're coming in at not this next fall, but the following fall is when those teams will be added to the pot. I think the big thing that's going to be happening for that league, and maybe the Big Ten guys, is are we doing away with divisions? And there's supposed to be an NCAA committee vote in early June whether you have to have a true champion for your league in football uh, if, to do have divisions or not. And I think the, the vote is going to be to do away with divisions. And Does the Big Ten do that? And I'm hearing a lot of movement that the Big Ten does want to do away with divisions. In fact, Brian Barnhart and I were talking yesterday. Neither one of us are really a fan of doing away with divisions. I kind of like the fact that we know we're going to play this group of six teams every year and then sprinkle some from the east in. But I got a feeling that's going to go away in the next couple of years. Well, I'm going to ask the same question to Scott Docterman and Jack Ebling when we talk to him later today. I'll ask you now. There are seven teams in the Western Division. I would say to you I, that all seven, I assume Nebraska, Illinois, and the other five, would vote to keep the divisions the way they are. They they like it the way. I mean, Northwestern certainly doesn't want to change. Why would Iowa and Wisconsin want to change or Minnesota? How do you get the votes to change if you've got seven? How do you get a majority if you've got those seven standing fat? That's a great question. You'll have to tell me what Scott says because Scott's been all over this. He's written some yeah. wonderful pieces about some of the future scheduling and, and maybe picking – the ACC is talking about this three-five-five, five, which would mean you play three teams every year. They would pick three teams for you to play every year. So for Illinois, it might be Northwestern, Purdue, and Indiana. And then you play five teams one year, and then you flip to a different five teams the next year. So I don't know that I like that at all. I'm with you, Lauren. I think the divisions work pretty well. I think the West has been incredibly competitive. And I just don't know that I want to get away from having kind of a nice regional group that we play every year. Well, the actual uh, record of the of the West versus the East is pretty good, except when they play Ohio State. You take Ohio yeah. State out of it, it's pretty balanced, isn't it? <laughs> right, and that's what the East says. Well, with Ohio State, we haven't had a chance. Well, well that's that right. It doesn't last forever. And, you know, I, I get it from Maryland and Rutgers would probably love to, to kick this thing in away and get kind of a different look at this league but the west has been really competitive and you're right and a lot of people don't look at those numbers but the divisional breakout of wins losses is almost dead even in a lot of years the west wins more games against the east yeah but but ohio state is 18 and 2 i think i can <laughs> yeah. remember the only two losses iowa and purdue right right that, yeah that's the I only two uh, uh, western division teams that have beaten uh 
Ohio State since this uh, arrangement was uh, installed. And well, I I just can't imagine. I I think that uh, if they take a vote, I can't see where any of the seven schools in the West would would vote against the change. Would vote for a change. I would think they'd all vote to keep it the same. I'm with you, so I'll be I'll be anxious to hear what what Scott has to tell you because he's done a lot. He's talked to a lot more people than I have about mm-hmm. this, and, and maybe somebody would surprise us, Lauren. Maybe there is a Minnesota or a Wisconsin or somebody that wants to break this thing up. Greg, who would the folks in Nebraska consider the Cornhuskers' biggest rival these days? Oh, I think it's Iowa. I think, you know, we share the border with them. I, I think, you know, we, we've got that fun game we play on Black Friday in football every year. I, I think I think that's probably it. But, again, it's different for different sports. I think. Right. Take volleyball. I think in volleyball, it's Wisconsin. Nebraska and Wisconsin have had great matchups. You know, some, some other sports are a little bit different. But I think on the whole that it's probably Iowa would be the, the biggest rival for Nebraska. And they, they have played a lot down through the years prior to Nebraska's emergence in the Big Ten. So I think that there's a little bit more of a historical background to that, that matchup. What's new on the basketball side out there? Well, Fred Hoiberg, I think it was surprising that, that he was – it was announced that he would be retained. It, that was an interesting team that I thought had a chance to be pretty good, and right at the end of the year they sure were. They won their last three road games. In fact, they really helped the Illini out late by beating Wisconsin at the Kohl Center in Madison. And I think uh, Coach Underwood is supposed to be sending Coach Hoiberg a bottle of wine for for that because I think that I think it clinched the, the league or got a share of the league title for the Illini. Yeah, I think he said a case so of wine. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, better than a bottle. But yeah, that team kind of found themselves late because they wanted Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin in the last two weeks of the season. But man, it took a long time for that team to kind of find that rhythm. It's going to be a big year for for Fred Hoiberg as well. It's I, guys, I was so excited when Nebraska hired Coach Hoiberg. He was so good at Iowa State, and I thought that was just a home run hire. And it just is, to this point anyway, it has not worked out. How many of those guys that uh, started playing well late last season, how many of those guys will be back? Not many. That's the problem. I mean, the, the McGowan's kid is, is off to the NBA Combine here in this next week up in Chicago, and he'll be a late first, early second round pick. His brother is probably off to go play professional ball somewhere else. The little point guard, Alonzo Burge, you know, that was his final year of eligibility at the college level. So those are the three main scores for that team, and they, and they are all gone. So it's it's uh, he's going to have to plug in some, some new players into that. And, hey, everybody pretty much does anymore in college basketball. These guys seem to shift teams left and right. Back to football, the spring game you guys had uh, not too long ago. How was the crowd, and what did you learn from that? <laughs> Not much. We didn't learn much. Uh, yeah, I know. I know the feeling there. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-five thousand for the for okay. the, for the uh, crowd. It was it was a pretty well attended game. I think it was fifth or sixth highest attendance in the country. Uh, everybody wanted to see the new quarterback from Texas, and he played maybe a series and then was out of the game. And so you, you know, I. Guys, I'll be honest with you. It's one of my least favorite days of the year. I just, I'm not a big fan of spring games because you see so many kids that play, you don't even see them again in the fall. But, you know, I, I think it, it, I think that team has the potential to be pretty good. It's, it's weird to say this, but Nebraska, I thought, was a pretty good team last fall. They go three and nine, but they were in every game. They had twice, they had the lead against Michigan in the fourth quarter and couldn't hang on. They, they were down five to Ohio State with five minutes to go in the game. They had Iowa 
Uh, looked seemed like they had them dead to right play, but couldn't finish off. They just couldn't make plays late. But by, by, and even in Illinois, they had a heck of a game with the Illini to start the year. They their worst loss of the year was by nine points. So they were in every game that just could not make plays to win. Illinois goes to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska this coming season in late October, October the 29th for that football game. Greg Sharp is the uh, football radio voice and uh, working some baseball in town this weekend. Enjoy your time, and uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Have a good broadcast this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Always love coming on with you. Thanks, Greg. I'll try to stop by and see you today. Oh, please do, Lauren. Love to see you. It is uh, 9.30. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. We'll take a break and be back with Scott Docterman from Iowa City after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the program. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you until 11 o'clock. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Greg Sharp from Nebraska Radio, who's in town for that series this afternoon. He spent a few minutes with us to uh, lead off the show. Now we go to Iowa City, where Scott Docterman is standing by to join us. He writes for The Athletic in Iowa City. Scott, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. I hope you're you're well as well. I was going to say, are you enjoying the off-season? But uh, I'm not sure there is an off-season anymore for people in the sports <laughs> business, is there? You know what? I think the off-season is actually busier than the actual season. So, uh, <laughs> That's probably right. Which is good for our industry. Which is good for our industry, but it's uh, it's certainly not the way it once was. Uh, you know, when I was first starting out in this business, where it was football season, basketball season, then just kind of skate through and do your own thing until uh, late July, early August. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. Well, Scott, we want to get you right into the thing you've been writing about, and I thought you did a tremendous job in explaining all the possibilities. Particularly, I'll, I'll go to realignment first, or the potential of realignment uh, in the Big Ten or around the country. Uh, do you? Here's my question that I asked uh, uh, Greg Sharp a few moments ago, and he said that he'd be interested in hearing your answer. If if there's a vote on either realignment or no divisions, whatever, in the Big Ten. Why, how could that pass if the seven members of the Western Division want to keep it the, the way it is, which is assume, I assume they'd want to do? I don't think anything would pass today. I think it would be status quo. And part of that is the East as well as the West. And, it, and you know, there's a couple different veins of thought. One is, you know, championship uh, after the championship game. And, yes, in the West it's easier because Ohio State's not in that in path. I mean, you know, in the East, you got Ohio State there. Ohio State skews any type of arrangement you're going to want to do. I mean, whether it's East, West, North, South, uh, Legends, Leaders, whatever you've got, you know, Ohio State is the Goliath in everybody's path. So it's understandable that Penn State in particular like to see some sort of alteration in the divisional alignment because they can't get there. But but then there are other factors when you start to talk about uh, uh, the uh, the media rights deal that's going to go down here very shortly, and and that's those partners um, which pay a lot of money would like to see scheduling eliminating divisions. Then that's going to take off games that are going to get seven, eight million, nine million viewers, like a like a Michigan Penn State or uh, some of those others, because 
then you start to look at who could protect who and then cycling through everybody else. And that would be like, you know, Maryland and Rutgers, who's actually going to play them every year. I mean, Penn State would probably prefer to play an Ohio State and a Michigan and a Michigan State just because of the rivalry factor but you might get stuck playing those other games. So there's a lot of factors involved in this. And, and yes, cha- uh, path to the championships is important, and I think in the West Division it matters. But I think more than anything, it's just about how does this all work out uh, in the big picture with the college football playoff, and then who plays who on a consistent basis if you, say, have three main rivals you play every year and then cycle through everybody else. Well, I can see there there'd be a problem in 2026 when you have 12 teams going in, and if, if you're the team that plays Ohio State in the championship game of the Big Ten, the, the, the divisional, the two divisions uh, champions meet, that if you lose that game and particularly by a couple touchdowns, that might really hurt your chances of being, uh, you know, the, a member of that 12 team playoff. That would be yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Lord. Well, I just say that would be a consideration, uh, and uh, maybe you'd be better off to be Michigan in second place in the league and and not have to play Michigan and not have to play a, a playoff game and and be more likely to get in the playoff than the the let's say the the loser of the game in the playoff. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the one factor is what if it stays the same. Then, then that's probably what would trigger some sort of a uh, of a divisional alignment change or eliminating uh, altogether. Because then you do need, you know, if you are let's say Penn State and you're only getting four teams into the playoff and two of them seem to be the SEC every year, then you do need that opportunity to win a championship to vault yourself into that four team competition. But if it's twelve teams, as you said, Lauren, I mean. You know, you could be an eight and one team in the Big Ten in the East. Uh, you know, Penn State, you're eleven and one, or Michigan, and you're you know eleven and one, even ten and two, and, and have one loss to Ohio State. And we're we're just presuming they're going to win the championship every year, even though they didn't last year. But you're in a better position than if you faced off. And as you said, like what happened to Iowa this year, which went and played Michigan and got bombed. Um, you know, but then again, if you're the Big Ten, you want to say, how do we get three teams into the playoff every year if mm-hmm. they're twelve? And is that going to be – are you best served by doing it no divisions or maybe having a, a the opportunity for a West team to win a game? Because there have been some close ones in Indianapolis. I mean, I think Wisconsin and Iowa consistently, sometimes Northwestern and a few other schools have a chance to, to go into that winner-take-all game and, and vault themselves into that debate or play a close one like Iowa did with Michigan State in 2015. That was its only loss. It still probably would, it would have gotten in in a 12-team playoff. So there are a lot of different discussions. They want to wait until they find out exactly how many teams are going to be in the playoffs before they make their final call. But but I think if, if I was to put money right now, I would say status quo is probably what would end up winning. Okay, now I'm going to switch you over to the money aspect of it. And um, I had uh, anticipated that, that Illinois would get a big jump uh, from the fifth, 54 million that they got in distributions this past year from the Big Ten. You're saying that thing is liable to double? That's what I read. I mean, that's a that's a be a whopper if it went that far. Where did you get that information? Yeah, that's been kind of the, what's been bandied about, and I don't know that it'll be 110 million, but I think it's going to be north of, you know, it could be in the 90 to 100 million range. 
and that's obviously significant for every team. And it's because the Big Ten's right fees, which has kind of been discussed, is somewhere in the neighborhood of it'll probably be close to a billion a year uh, from each of the entities that'll go there. And then that doesn't really count what they'll make on the uh, BTN side, which they've lost some equity there. But still, um, it, it looks like there's going to be probably a two and two factor. Uh, two major networks and two cable networks that'll be involved in this. And that's, you know, Fox is going to be obviously one of them, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if CBS comes in and, and it has a CBS game of the week at two thirty every Saturday. So this is uh yeah, the, the, the rights fees, if nothing else are going to jump significantly. And, uh, and you do have to, uh, allow them to, to have some sort of input on what games they want to show. So I think that's what's going to also parlay into the divisional alignment. Probably some of the scheduling going forward as far as uh, when games air, how they air, um, that type of thing. More strategy involved in the, uh, in, in the scheduling as opposed to kind of putting it out there six, eight years like they had in the past. I think those days are completely over. Well, Scott, are you concerned about uh... – Ultimate, when, when you see the Big Ten and the SEC so far ahead in, in uh, distribution income and you see a team like Clemson playing the ACC, which might be getting a third or a, a less than a half of what the Big Ten schools are receiving, what's to prevent Clemson from maybe trying to check in with the SEC and, and go in that direction and causing a real shakeup in, in, in another shakeup after Oklahoma and Texas in college football? The problem for the ACC is that they have their uh, grant of rights agreement out through 2036, and it's killing mm-hmm. them because financially they can't even you know, renegotiate. The only way they can renegotiate those fees is if Notre Dame joins it, and Notre Dame's not going to join the ACC for, other, mm-hmm. for football. It's, a, it's got the arrangement it wants. It's still independent. It still has its agreement with NBC, and then, of course, uh, with the ACC it does for all sports, and then it plays five games. So. So the ACC is landlocked, and then you looked at it, it Clemson or, or a North Carolina or somebody like that that does have some cachet, they're not going to be able to leave because of that grant of rights, and they would have to lose all of that uh, media rights revenue to the league if they do leave. So, uh, you know, the Pac-12, the ACC, tried to get around that by with the arrangement with the Big Ten, the alliance. But very, very quickly in the, the negotiations, the Big Ten realized it's the Big Ten. It doesn't need those schools. And when you look at just simply viewership numbers, which matter the most when it comes to this, uh, you know, there were 18 Big Ten only games that had three and a half million viewers. The, the Pac-12 had three and the ACC had zero. So it, when, when we talk about it, would we rather see eight games of the Big Ten, and you're going to lose at Illinois, Indiana, Illinois versus Iowa, Illinois versus Ohio State in order to go play Wake Forest, or uh, for Iowa not to play Michigan State or Penn State with regularity, but instead play Washington State or or Boston College. That's ridiculous, and the viewership numbers show that. So that's why the ACC and Pac-12 tried to really link up with the Big Ten, and the Big Ten realized yeah, we're too big for you, and that's why right now you're seeing a, um, you know, the rights fees going up, and the ACC and Pac-12 and Big 12 too. Once it loses Texas and Oklahoma, have to kind of figure out their own path. So right now, at least if nothing else, that there's a competitive path to the playoff, but it does have to expand at some point to ensure that it's there for them. 
Uh, Scott, I know about, I've heard about the grants and rights uh, agreement that it's landlocks Clemson, let's say. Is there no way that, I mean, they could make $100 million in the Big Ten, for instance, and they could make that much in the SEC. Wouldn't that be enough annually to to handle, uh, I mean, how much would they lose if they if they pull out of the ACC? What would they, what would they be required to apply, pay? $100 million a year. <laughs> That's the okay. problem. That, that every single dollar that they make from media rights until that grant of rights expires okay. goes back to that ACC conference. So that's the problem for a Clemson or okay. a U.S. You know, okay. or whoever. Yeah. Talking to Scott Docterman from The Athletic out in Iowa City. Of course, NIL, another huge uh, event, another huge uh, element in uh, college athletics these days. Kind of uh, – Last July, it was rolled out there, and we've seen a lot happen since then. What's your take on what's happened since then, and where does it go? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine on where does it go. Uh, I think what you're trying to see is uh, administrators from, from the league level, from the NCAA level, at the school level, try to figure out how do you regulate this and how do you prevent tampering and just widespread free agency when it comes to, to football and bas- men's basketball in particular. But I don't know that there's a path right now. And, uh, you know, once, once the NCAA, for the last 10 years or so, this was, the, this was the trek that it was going on, was some sort of change in the rules for, at least, you know, for name, image, and likeness. And, and we saw it with Kane Coulter at Northwestern trying to form a union. And, and uh, you know, Shabazz Napier at UConn Basketball talking about you know, we go to bed hungry, and and instead of the NCAA deciding let's let's reform this, let's change it, and uh, instead they went kind of like with baseball and free agency of the '70s, which was all or nothing, and now they're trying to figure this out and they can't. And so um, the the problem that I think everybody realizes, and particularly at the at everybody but the very very top, is. Uh, when you don't you don't want the tampering you don't want somebody to call some of your best players currently on your roster and say hey by the way if you come here we'll make sure that you get you know half a million dollars at nil every year and and through our collective and through some other things and that's kind of the the biggest fear of all and then of course altering the recruiting which has always been part of the game but you know i I think right now it's you know gary barda at iowa uh, threw out there the other day that maybe we uh, that the NCAA decides to uh, pull back on the immediate eligibility for for transfers. I think that's a, a thought. It's probably good to have out there as far as advancing the conversation, but I don't think it's realistic considering it's only been a year since you know everybody was allowed to you know to a bowling in year to play. So. Uh, I don't know where this goes. I think that there's gonna they're gonna try to put something together, but I think unless you have athletes at the table discussing this, I just don't see how any rule is going to be binding and not get overturned by a by a court and and, and at the very top. Well, uh, if you if you have an NCAA rule that indicates that, that a player on his second uh, time to transfer uh, must go through a waiver process. I would think you could do the same thing and get it and, and it would be legal uh, and pass uh, the, the latest judge is going to make a decision on these things. There would be legal to, to uh, make players ineligible for the first time they transfer uh, for one year. I would think that. I don't know that. I don't know how that would stand up in court. What, what's your opinion on that? 
I I think anything again. This is just such a. It's very unpredictable. And but the problem is when you you know it's only been a year since they allowed kind of unlimited free you know unlimited free transferring to play you know, with immediate eligibility. And I think if you try to put that back in, then you're going to see you know some significant blowback. And I don't know that everybody would be for that. That's the other part of it is some schools would say, yes, this is a good way to kind of limit that NIL um, enticements for t- p- uh, players leaving schools or just going to different schools based on that revenue. But on the other hand, uh, you're going to see a lot of schools who say, we don't care. We ra- we'd rather have that because they're at the top or they've got the most money to, to make it work. So I don't know that it would have passed. And I don't I think there would be enough blowback that it'd be really difficult for it to be enacted. Um, at a national level. A couple of quick uh, more topics for you, Scott Docterman. Uh, first of all, your uh, view of Iowa's spring football game. Did you learn anything? And we always like to get an update on what's going on in Iowa basketball, too. Yeah, football was interesting because uh, I think what we're seeing is the, the, the defense overshadowed the offense, which is pretty much annual. Uh, but the defense is going to be really good at Iowa. I think it's going to be as good as it's been in a while and even better than the last few years, and that's saying a lot. Uh, the offense has a lot of work to do. It did, did last year or the year before, and it, it, it does now. There's a big, you know, I'd say quarterback competition. Spencer Petrus, if there was a game today, would be the starter, but I'm not so sure that would be the case by late um, you know, August or September. So that's really the, the interesting crux of it. I didn't really learn anything necessarily. They've got enough players coming back that I think they're going to be very competitive in the West Division. They do play Michigan and Ohio State, so that'll be a challenge for them to, to get out of the division. But uh, as far as basketball goes, right now all is hinging on what Chris Murray's decision is going to be. and Because uh, Keegan Murray is going to be a lottery pick, but Chris Murray is also going through the draft process. And if he has the same type of upside and jump that his brother took last year. If he makes the same jump, then there are a lot of NBA teams that are, would rather have him kind of cheap and early in the second round as opposed to waiting a year and then try to get him in the, the lottery or in the first round. So uh, that everybody's kind of waiting for that decision, you know, that they'll decide to take it all the way down to the end. Uh, but that's probably the biggest part for them and, and trying to get a center. I was going to say, that to that's, that must be the, the main job of the transfer portal right now. I didn't find a center. Yeah, then they've struck out so, so far. I mean, they're pretty much 0 for 3, uh, you know, in trying to grab a center. So that, you know, losing Keegan Murray will be massive for them. There is massive. If they could bring back Chris Murray, uh, that would mitigate it quite a bit. Uh, you know, losing Jordan Bohanna for the first time in 20 years will be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they've got some peace. Connor McCaffrey's coming back for his sixth year. So I think this is uh, – they still look to me to be a competitive team. But if Chris Murray's not there, I think you're going to see it be a transition year. Scott Docterman from The Athletic in Iowa City. I appreciate your work. Appreciate your time. Keep it up. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me on. I hey, thanks, Scott. It. You bet. It is 951 We'll take a break and be back with more. Illini Pellis Saturday Sports Talk with an open line, 217-356-9397. We're back after this. Moving up on 954, late in hour number one of Illini Pellis Saturday Sports Talk. If you've been thinking uh, 
Now that spring is here and uh, summer's not far away, you've been thinking about some uh, work around the house, maybe some new windows and doors. How about a trip to the Pedal Window Store at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign? That can help you clear up a lot of uh, questions you might have about a project like this. Mike Mary and uh, the team from Alani Pella have been fixtures in this community for decades now. And they know there are many choices in windows and doors. And uh, the Pedal Window Store has eight patio doors at any given time on display in their showroom. They'll not only help you uh, decide what's best for you, they'll stand behind them with a limited lifetime warranty. Alani Pella offers one-stop shopping. You'll see the products, installation, and financing options there. Window and door shopping is uh, not something you do every day, so you want to make sure you get it right. So do your research, set your budget, work with the pros at the Pella Window Store, then you can show off your new windows and doors to family and friends. As I mentioned, the uh, showroom is at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturdays by appointment. They also have stores in Danville, Decatur, and Bloomington. Check them out online, PellaofChampagne.com for the Pella Window Store. 955, Carl in Champaign is on the line with us. Carl, good morning. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you, Steve? Good. What's up on uh, your mind today? Well, I just wanted to say that Brian did an excellent job on the baseball game last night. Well, he's done baseball before, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's got a little history in baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd swear that he covered the Illini baseball team all year, yep. the way he researched it. So it was just... It was just a pleasure to listen to him. Yeah, he, he's really good. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to do it again I'm today, sure. and then Scott will be back in the, in the seat on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure if people really appreciate how good we've got it with him as our main, as the main announcer. But anyway, I just had to say something. Okay. All right. Anything else so. on your mind today? Well, it was kind of interesting. Uh, just out of giggles, I, I wanted to check to see uh, how many losses uh, the two Rons had after Tepper in after the first five years. And Tepper had 31 losses, and I, uh, I know Turner had 31 after five years. And then uh, Zook had... Uh, like 39 losses after five and that's up to full games so i i don't know the program seemed to go downhill after um in the last 20 years with the new with the different hires anyway there's certainly been some ups and downs there we carl we appreciate uh, your time thanks for calling in okay thank you you bet that number is 217-351-5357 if you'd like to join us. By the way, next week, we are planning to do this show from the Kiwanis Club's annual pancake breakfast at Bromley Hall over on 3rd Street, I think it is. Over there, not far from the Armory. I think that's right. Yep. And uh, we'll be there from uh, 9 to 11, and the pancake breakfast goes on from 7 to 11. So plenty of time to stop by there as the Kiwanis Club celebrates its 100th year. 100 years. Uh, uh, now that's that's not the pancake uh, breakfast. That's not the hundredth year of the pancake breakfast, is it? I don't think it's so. It's just the hundredth year of, of Kiwanis in this in Champagne. Is yes. that right? 
and that was kind of put on hold a little bit because of the the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. The the actual celebration year would have been a little bit back, but uh, so yeah, one hundred years, and uh, that's a milestone in itself. And yes, it is. Uh, so we'll be over there. We'll have some guests lined up for you, and if you're out and about on Saturday morning, I think the cost is seven dollars for all you can eat pancake breakfast. That'll be next week here on this show. 958-WDWS-939-FM, Champaign-Urbana. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two. We'd love to hear from you. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Hour number two, heading towards 11 o'clock today here on the show as usual. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Phone line open, 217-356-9397. Kind of taking a little spin around the Big Ten today in a way kind of unintentional, but it worked out that way, Lauren. We had Greg Sharp on, the Nebraska radio man in the first hour. Also, Scott Docterman from The Athletic in Iowa City. Now we welcome uh, Jack Ebling from East Lansing, Michigan on the uh, line with us. Morning, Jack. How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you doing? We're hanging in there. How's the weather up there? Are you getting out on the golf course today? <laughs> you know, it's it's been so warm here. People don't know what to do. <laughs> it's, uh, 88 degrees here and people breaking out the shorts and showing their ugly legs. <laughs> <laughs> I did that today. <laughs> and I've got ugly shorts, too. Yeah, Lord's legs look like a couple of out-of-bounds poles <laughs> painted white. Well, you know, he's, he's a young guy, just wait till he starts to age. Uh, exactly. <laughs> What's keeping you busy these days? I We were kidding around about it being uh, off-season, but we've come to the agreement that uh, if you're working in sports, certainly the coaches are this way, but if you're working in sports anymore, there's no off-season, is there? No, and uh, between doing a radio show and then a Sunday night television show and I'm working on a Book number nine, so I got enough to keep me out of jail, but uh, there's always stuff going on. We just had the NFL draft, and that's always interesting when you got uh, players who get picked, and now there's a lot of excitement around here about this football season. Uh, a lot of people here asking about uh, Daniel Barker. I'll bet. What do you tell him? Uh, I tell him that you know, he wasn't here for spring, but based on the last time we saw him in Spartan Stadium, he was celebrating in the end zone. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think people are excited to have him, and they think he's going to play a role. Oh, you got a good one there. He can catch the ball. He'll he'll be one of the leading receivers at tight end, I, among tight ends in the league, I would think. 
particularly if if they target him a little more than Illinois did. I think that was his main complaint here is that he didn't get targeted enough. Yeah. Well, uh, they got a pretty good quarterback in Peyton Thorne, and uh, I think the receiving core is, is good. The question is, is the offensive line going to hold up? They lost most of the offensive line and they had so many injuries in the spring that they couldn't even have a scrimmage. That seems to be a popular thing. I think the coaches would rather not have a scrimmage. I see Indiana, Illinois plays, Indiana's first game is against Illinois, and uh, they didn't have a spring game, and they didn't let anybody into their practices. So we have, we don't really know what to expect from Indiana. They're rebuilding after a really disappointing year. But in any case, you gave right. me a you gave me a number uh, when we talked uh, that, that kind of stunned me. I didn't realize you said that Michigan State has beaten Michigan. Five of the last seven at home and five of the last seven on the road. Is that right? Yeah, you know, and uh, people think about rivalries. And uh, Tom Izzo always said it's not a rivalry until both teams are competitive. So maybe if U of M gets a little bit better, it'll be a series. You <laughs> speaking of Izzo, by the way, how's he doing? Is he gonna is he gonna be better this year than he was last? Maybe uh, you know he's he's depressed. He's mad at the world. So it's it's the normal stuff. He's uh, just don't mention name, image, and likeness. Uh, really, don't mention a transfer portal around it. Yeah, yeah. that was one of the, the things that uh, really came to my mind when we uh, uh, set you up to be on with us. I wonder how Tom Izzo is dealing with those two uh, landmark things that are affecting college sports these days. Well, his big thing is the lack of accountability. And it's not just in sports. I think it's it's in society, and people will do what they can get away with. And right now, uh, you can, you know, any time that coach doesn't like you or or tries to coach you hard, or you're not getting enough shots, or you're not getting enough minutes, you know, you got a, an agent, representative, family members concerned about your brand. Uh, it's real easy to pick up and go somewhere else. What do you see Christie doing? I know he's in the NBA uh, combine, yeah. I believe. You, and he yeah. was, you know, he's uh, from Northern Illinois here and, and played as a freshman for yeah. Michigan State. But I didn't think that he played at a level that would get him drafted, and yet he's listed among the draftees. Yeah. Uh, what do I think he will do, or what do I think he should do? Those are two very different <laughs> questions. Yeah, Early well, in the year. Uh, yeah, he looked great. I mean, he, when uh, Michigan State went down to Butler, he looked like a you know, first-round pick, maybe even a, a low lottery pick. And then uh, the last, uh, well, from February and March, the last two months, he shot less than 33% from the field, less than 25% from deep. And... I always say, guys, that you're either looking for a reason to go or looking for a reason to stay. And uh, he's, I think he's looking for a reason to go. You think he's looking for a reason to go, huh? Maybe you think he, I do. You don't think that he feels I would that, be surprised. Okay. I'd be surprised, Lauren, if he came back. I'll be darned. Okay. Well, if he gets drafted, yeah. I guess that's okay. I, uh, we're wondering now if uh, if. Kofi's going to be drafted, and we see that he's in the combine, but there are more people in the combine than there are in positions yeah. in the draft. There are 58 positions in the draft. I think there's, is it 70-some in, in the combine? 
what do you what's your view of Kofi from from your standpoint? I mean, we we have our own thoughts here, but what are what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I think that the centers around the Big Ten had a big party <laughs> when he announced that he wasn't coming back. Mm hmm. And uh, as a college player, uh, he was a force. He was um, probably the toughest matchup in the Big Ten. The pro game is it's almost a different sport the way it's played now. Yeah. Of course, you got the clock, and, and you've got so much uh, pick-and-roll defense. And if you can't play that, then you really can't play in the league. Yeah. It's all pick and roll, and you saw what uh, Boston did last night. Man, oh man, they just yeah. uh, they just took Milwaukee. I mean, they made so many threes, and they, and as you say, that pick yeah. and roll, they're murder. I <laughs> and uh, your your bigs have to be able to shoot. I don't mean just make free throws, but a lot of those guys can step out. I think we saw something in the Big Ten uh, when Mo Wagner was at Michigan and uh, you know he's a guy what um uh, 6'11 maybe uh you know certainly not built like a traditional center but a lot of teams noticed what problems that presented and yeah you can score but you got to be able to check somebody at the other end too and uh I I would like to have Kobe Kofi on my team I think there'd be a place for him because I think he'd be a It'd be a real tough matchup situationally, but I don't think he'll ever be an NBA starter. Okay. Well, we talked a lot about realignment with uh, Scott Docterman earlier. Uh, what Is are you wrong, Lauren? Do you, do you disagree with me on that? No, no, I don't disagree. I think that I think that he there might be a place. I think that he'll initially probably. Uh, Steve, don't you agree that he's going to need some time in in the probably in the G League uh, to begin with? I don't know yeah. that he'll stick on a, on a roster to begin with, but I think he's. He, he may wind up getting a contract of some kind. Uh, I think it's borderline, though. I do think it's borderline. and I, yeah. I, yeah. I, It depends on can he show enough in the combine uh, to make it, you know, make it worthwhile for somebody to draft him. Yeah, and it might uh, change. You know, if he did come back, um, they would continue to play him the way they did. Just foul him every time because they can't call all of them. Right. <laughs> well, they won't double him in the NBA the way they right. did in college. You can't do that. And so how how might he play against a team that can't double him? So a team that does not have a Kofi kind of guy might be a lot more a lot tougher to prepare for for opponents because you're gonna have different kinds of athletes on there and you, But can he play defense? I think Jack, I think don't you think that's a real question? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. And you look around the league last year, guys, and there were a lot of bigs. I mean, most teams had a pretty good one. But Hunter Dickinson wasn't going to get drafted either. Yeah. And coming back, he might be the best player in the league next year. I, I think there's a good chance of that. I switched you over to a realignment. I, I know you and I talked a little bit about that the yeah. other day. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on do – do you see a status quo that – I mean, I think Scott Docterman kind of agreed with me that he thinks this thing's not going to change, in the Big Ten, that is. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but uh, you brought up a great point the other day, Lauren, about the teams in the West. You know, if you've got to have – uh, what do you need to get changed? Do you need two-thirds or just need eight of the 14? I don't know that. 
But I don't see the teams in the West voting to shake it up and and bring Ohio State over. <laughs> no, no, I don't either. I I, I, think, I think the idea of going uh, division less or or not having uh, something I don't care what you call it East West North South legends leaders the names are irrelevant. But if you just say we're going to take the top two football teams and let them play again. Uh, then you're destroying uh, most of your season. Look at last year. There were four teams in the West and three in the East that were playing for a lot in the last two weeks of the year. Mm -hmm. And if you just say, okay, well, it doesn't matter uh, what you have, you could say the same thing in the NFL. Maybe the best division in pro football next year is going to be the AFC West. Almost every team there you could say, you know, they've got a, a really good quarterback, and you could see them making a, a deep run. But if those were the two best teams, they wouldn't put them in the Super Bowl. You'd still have a team from the NFC. You could have the same thing at baseball. Let's say uh, the Yankees had a couple of injuries, and your two best teams were the Dodgers and the Mets. But they're not going to play in the World Series. Same thing in basketball. You know, you're going to have teams from the East and teams from the West and and I, I think for the most part, that gets cyclical. Uh, you talk about the wins, and the wins uh, over time, since they went to the college football playoff format, they're not that different, except except in the Big Ten championship game. And Ohio State skews that. If Ohio State was in the West, then everyone in the East would be saying, you know, why can't we compete? Well... Ohio State screws everything up. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I mean, they're you know as I, I said earlier, they're uh, sixty-one and five since this uh, divisional thing began, and they're eighteen and two uh, against teams in the other division. Which which uh, Steve and I both remember that Purdue beat them and, and Iowa beat them. How'd they do that? <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. you know, the, and those were big upsets. But if you take Ohio State out of it, we probably got. 13 teams that are, you know, more competitive with each other. But Ohio State just kind of sets it apart. Right. Yeah, and yet Michigan uh, topped them last year. So, you know, it's, well, it's you know, certainly it's possible. Funny you say that because uh, uh, a friend of mine from Ohio State says, now here's Michigan again, acting like it invented football. <laughs> and they beat Ohio State once a decade. Yeah. They got them in 2003. Then they beat them again in 2011. And then they waited 10 years. They got him in 2021. So he says, come back and see me in 2030. <laughs> well, that might be. I mean, Ohio State gets all the top players. It's just ridiculous. Is there anything yeah. that could ever be done to equalize recruiting? I mean, it, they do it in, in all the pro leagues. They have drafts. So, so you don't get the best sure, players. Sure. There's nothing, no way to do it in college, is there? No. And uh, that's the difference with these changes now, guys. Everyone says, well, you know, it's freedom of movement. I don't mean like Jay Bell's freedom of movement. They mean freedom of movement, uh, players going wherever they want. And it's just like anything else in society. But it's not like the NFL because the NFL has contracts. And if a quarterback signs, he can't just leave at the end of the semester. And also, there's a salary cap. Now you've got certain schools, uh, Texas or Texas A&M or you know, you know the schools. Look what Miami's trying to do. Mm -hmm. They said, we're just going to buy our way into the top echelon of football and try to stop us. Well, that's where we're at. 
Steve, anything else? Jack, you mentioned uh, your ninth book. What is the subject matter on it? Well, uh, it, it varies from day to day. Actually, <laughs> because I've got two or three projects I'm I'm working on, and it depends which one I'm I'm more motivated. But I said um, I got eight done. I want to get up to twelve by the time I'm Tate's age. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think I want to get involved. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> are these all? Are these when all? Are going to write your book? Come on. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do any more than I'm doing. <laughs> Are yours all sports-related, Jack? Yeah. Well, they have been. But now i got a couple of uh, couple novels that I'm, I'm looking at, and I'd like to do a screenplay. And, you know, just uh, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to, to stretch a little bit here. And, you know, I just turned 70, so... I'm thinking, you know, I probably only got about another 25 years. <laughs> if you're on the Lauren Tate plan, you're you're good to go for a while. Right, I'm on the, we go day to I'm day on the here. Timetable here. <laughs> well, Jack, we appreciate your time. Good to catch up with you, and uh, thanks for taking time with us. Hey, uh, Illinois, going to be uh, all right with uh, a completely different lineup. I see. Uh, oh boy, uh, we're starting uh, over, Jack, in basketball. Gone, yeah. Gone that, yeah, I I well, think they, they'll have some players. I don't think they're done. I think that Illinois is still recruiting in the market. I think they're in the transfer portals right now, pretty strong. And I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't bring one or two more players. But you know, you're you're going to go to the wire on good players, and you don't always get them. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think uh, I don't think I think Underwood does realizes the difficulty of it, but. I, I he kind of he kind of seems to be welcoming the opportunity to to add more players and we certainly got a good one in Shannon, in my opinion and, and yeah. you yeah. know another yeah. one or two would help and there's some I think we're going to have a number of players coming back from the uh, from the NBA uh, after the combine some of those players will realize that they don't fit in the NBA and and will be. Uh, Maybe one more year of college. That's what I thought would happen with Christie, but you kind of changed my mind on that. Yeah. How good a player is a double Y Sky? Well, uh, he's he's a, probably a five star player. Although I think he just fell into the four star. He's been injured, and uh, apparently the injury is is in the past now, and and he's back to the form that, or at least he's nearing the form that he had when he was a five star player. He is an explosive. Uh, Point guard and and um, really talented. Uh, the the you know the the Crabella the Crabella thing just didn't work, and uh, yeah, it just it, he uh, I think he had of course he had so many injuries and and then he got COVID and I think he had some just uh, I I think mentally he wasn't with it anymore for Illinois and I think it's a good thing for him to start over at St. John's. I I don't know how that will go, but uh, We'll always wonder how good he might have been if yeah. those yeah. things hadn't happened. Yeah. That concussion really set him yeah. back. Hey, guys, you know, uh, Izzo's got two players coming in that you're going to really enjoy watching. And if you go and check out the video on them, uh, you'll laugh. Uh, they got a guy, Trey Holloman, who was the player of the year in Minnesota, and he reminds me a little bit of Curbelo, but he shoots better. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not saying much, but he uh, 
Uh, he's a guy who is very uh, enthusiastic and gets the crowd going and looks like he's got eyes in the back of his head. And then they've got a big, who I think has a chance he might start. His name is Jackson, J-A-X-O-N. Jackson Kohler. Uh, he's in California now, but they call him uh, Baby Jokic. <laughs> and he's not. He's not. He's not seven foot. He's not two-time MVP, but he looks an awful lot to me like Drew Timmy. And uh, footwork stuff, you know how Akeem Olajuwon used to put you in the band, that kind of stuff. And uh, he's going to be a real crowd favorite, too. Are both well, those both those guys freshmen or, or, or transfers or what? Yep. yep. Okay. No, both freshmen, yeah. Uh, Izzo says it's, uh, you know, looking at, at transfers. I think sometimes it's more likely he'll transfer out than players will transfer in. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, listen, guys, we're going to see some really different players. Purdue's being remade all the way around. Uh, Iowa's being yeah. remade. Uh, Ohio State's losing their two best forwards. I mean, they're they're going to be di- – I mean, this whole league is getting a shake. Illinois is going to be different, way different. I don't know if they're going to be yeah. competitive for the championship, but but I would say that all these teams that have been winning the championship, Wisconsin's going to be different. They're going to be different. Yeah. And so uh, Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Illinois, I mean, that's that's a lot of teams that we've seen a, almost a complete makeover, and, and um, I guess we just have to wait and see how it turns out. But it's it's going to be a shakeup. Purdue will be very different, guys, but one thing I guarantee, that <laughs> isn't going to get any shorter. The, the ball is going to go to the post. <laughs> and if you don't throw yeah, it in there, I'll put somebody in that will throw it to the post. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jack, we got to run. Thank you very much for being on with us. We appreciate it, and we'll call you again soon. Anytime, guys. Thank you. That's Jack Ebling up in East Lansing. The Drive with Jack Ebling is one of his projects, a radio show that he does there. He also mentioned doing some TV on Sunday nights and uh, keeping up with his writing as well. It is 1021. We'll take a time out and be back with more. The Illini Fellow Saturday Sports Talk phone line is open the rest of the way. 217-356-9397 is the number. We're back after this. It is 1024, not quite 25 or 6 to 4 as that song is there. Chicago fans will get that, Lord. You're kind okay, of, I'm sorry. You're kind of grinning at me, but that, that's okay. That wasn't Merle Haggard, was it? That was not, <laughs> it was not Merle Haggard on the lead guitar there. <laughs> Phone line open, 217-356-9397. Text line open as well, 217-351-5357. We do have a text, football text a for football you. text, okay. Uh-huh. Asking besides... Isaiah Williams, who could be a sleeper at wide receiver for the Illini. That's a good question. I don't think he's a sleeper. No, right? Williams is not a sleeper. I think they they indicate in the text that Williams is a pretty much a known quantity. But is there a sleeper oh. to go along with him? Oh, I think we ought to ask Scott Ritchie about that. But I, I would think that I think Washington will be a solid receiver. I think Washington is good at going after the ball. Whether he can get open deep, I, I think that's a question. But... I think they're they're gonna they're gonna work it around. They're gonna give Williams the ball a lot. Maybe not far from the line of scrimmage, in some cases. Uh, maybe even use him on reverses. He is effective in beating one-on-one tacklers. Right. But um, Scott, what do you think? Scott Ritchie from the News Gazette spending uh, the rest of the show with us. Who's the sleeper? 
Well, I would say just based off of how strange of a season he had last year, because he basically didn't have one, it's Brian Hightower. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in terms of pure wide receiver talent, he's probably just as high up there on the list as Isaiah Williams. But, you know, he had a, a sh- an injury at the beginning of last season, and then Tony Peterson, I don't know, forgot about him. Because he got healthy, but he never played. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a strange situation, but like he has talent. Now if the, just we'll see if whoever the quarterback is can can use him. But he was you know, in that first group at, at the spring game. I mean I He was, but tell me about his where was he in terms of performance two years to three years ago? Because he had one season on the field, I guess, at the in the Lovey Smith era. And I mean, the idea was he was going to be like the Josh Matter Bebe replacement, and it wasn't ever quite. By the that. way, did you see where Josh has has retired from football? I did. Doggone it! That guy looked to me like a heck of a receiver, and, and yet he didn't last long in the NFL, did he? No, but he he'll be successful in whatever he chooses post football. He's just such a yeah bright kid. I mean, but he was he's the best receiver Illinois has had in how many years? I mean, do you count the Steve Hole? season where he just emerged as a wide receiver for that one year but I think he had what a thousand yards I mean that's probably the last mm-hmm. best season before uh, Josh Matterbebe but uh, Brian he Hightower, made Peters look good at times didn't he yeah uh, all the time um, with Hightower I mean obviously he's you know he's always had sort of the hype around him I mean was a pretty highly rated recruit went to IMG you know football factory um, had some success in Miami but didn't play a ton there I still think just if he can, if he can figure it out, if Illinois can figure it out with him, like he can be a, a weapon in that offense. It's graduation weekend on the uh, University of Illinois campus. If you're in town for that, maybe you want to take a spin by Game Day Spirit, one of their two locations in town, and pick up some uh, alumni paraphernalia, clothing, hats, and such. They've got all kinds of great things there in their new arrivals. Uh, department, including the uh, Big Ten Championship t-shirts and sweatshirts and Illinois basketball hats as well. A couple of uh, locations for you to shop at uh, Game Day Spirit on Green Street on campus, 519 East Green Street, and then at the corner of Neal and uh, Kirby, uh, 1602 South Neal for Game Day Spirit. If you're looking for anything Illini, that is the place to go, Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. And if you're in town just for the uh, special occasion of the weekend, good thing to do is kind of put that on your list to stop by there, maybe on the way to the baseball game this afternoon. Three o'clock game. A lot going on with graduation. 133 degrees being uh, handed out to student athletes. And by the way, Jim Delaney is here for some kind of a, uh, I'm not sure what it is exactly, some kind of a special uh, graduation type thing. Do, are you aware of that, Scott? I, I wasn't. Although I suppose you just, everyone should probably just thank him for all of the millions of dollars that Big Ten Network and, <laughs> and the Big Ten's TV deals have generated. That's right. Since he, and he was the guy that, he was the guy that timed it and yeah. did it. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit, but Scott had a story this morning on the front page of the sports section about the uh, contract that will be uh, apparently approved for uh, Josh Whitman in the uh, coming days, uh, contract extension. Let's talk a little more about that, taking him through uh, 2028. Yeah, which puts him basically on the same timetable as Brad Underwood, whose mo- his most recent contract extension will go through the 27-28 season, and then Brad Bielma, who's under contract until 
2027. So Josh Woodman is tied to those two coaches. You uh, bet. Especially Brett Bielma because football is where it hasn't worked yet for Illinois. So and that was you know, Whitman's second football hire. And it's a rare occasion when you get to make three if the previous two have been firings. But, you know, that extension for Whitman also involves a six-figure pay raise. He'll, he won't top a million in base salary you know, this coming year, but the year after he will. And then, like, by the end of that deal, he'll be making $1.225 million uh, with, again, there's opportunity for in 2024, 20, 26, and 28, if he's still athletic director at Illinois, to receive $200,000 in retention bonuses each year and then – and he has a chance to receive a maximum of $300,000 in bonuses every year um, just based on certain academic and athletic achievements within the well, department. What he's done in, in reshaping the, the area, the, the sports area with facilities is just amazing. And I don't know how much further can they go. What are they going to do for hockey? I mean, I'm sorry, without hockey, what are they going to do for – for volleyball now, do you th- do you see a building going up uh, around the uh, near the uh, BFL building? I mean, I, I think a new building somewhere is probably their only option because they've, they've done to Huff what they can do to Huff at this point, and I think just there's, I mean, it's an it's an old building, the, the main part of it, and I'm not sure how much more they can renovate. Um, so yeah, there's space to the south uh, of sort of where all of the athletic facilities are now. I, I, you, don't, you don't see it right across from the uh, State Farm Center and uh, next to Bealfield. That's where they originally were going to put a building. Uh, there was At least that was a plan that was way like, back. That was like one of the, like the first hockey plans, wasn't it? The, the, way the, back. The competing Well, no, no, there. no. Hockey would have been over uh, – hockey would have been a different location. Well, I'm, there was two ho- hockey plans initially. Okay. The one for the downtown, obviously, was the mm-hmm. one that – you know, almost got there, but mm-hmm. then there's a competing bid that was going to be sort of in that, you know, South Farms yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. So what I, I'm talking about is directly north of the BFL building, next to the cemetery, across from the cemetery. Okay. Was there was originally a, a discussion about putting a building there that would have been that would have suited uh, gymnastics and and volleyball. So make I, them neighbors of baseball then. As well. well, they'd be, yeah, they'd be, yeah. Uh, there's space there. That's a, a tailgating spot. I don't know if there's enough space, but that that is a great tailgating spot for football. You're right. Yeah. Um, if you relied on parking across the street at State Farm Center, then yes, then I think it would be okay. I mean, because again, talking about Huff, you know, since they put that uh, Center for Design, it used to be the the grass lot there next to Huff. Parkings. I know that's kind of been an issue. You know, some season ticket holders for volleyball. I mean, they just got a shuttle. A shuttle. Yeah. Uh, the shuttle's the only answer for for Huff. Yeah. Now, so, and that's not a you know that 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 a, works. That, yeah, I was going to say it works, and I, we, I think people like parking right next to the building. We've yeah. reached a point though where we think we need a new building for every sport right now, <laughs> and maybe we do. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just, what they're getting. That's what, it seems what every university is doing. It's just, I mean, not every, but I know the Big Ten. It's a facilities arms race, and Illinois is certainly keeping up. Mm-hmm. I mean, $155 million invested total between all of the, what's well, essentially mostly just practice facilities, except for you know, the new soccer stadium and, and track yep. and field stadium. So I think a new building is coming 
probably is that's probably the way they go for volleyball and gymnastics and looks know, to me maybe like they're wrestling will practice there but i mean they they and seem to be wanting to wrestle at state farm center so is we'll that see. is that wise i mean that's an awfully big building i mean uh, for wrestling yeah, I mean they they made that move this year. I I realize that. How do you think it worked out? I think the crowd probably the same as they would have got at Huff. It just looks mm-hmm. smaller because mm-hmm. there's fifteen thousand seats at State Farm Center. It looks like there's a chunk of land right across the street, uh, just south of the State Farm Center, where they knocked that little silo or whatever that was across the street uh, yeah. down. I don't know how much land is there, or what what that's earmarked for, or anything. I mean, I think they have space to build there, and I, I mean, there was some kind of discussion about you know if hockey would have gone through that a downtown arena was that you know the best option you know f- in terms of maybe getting students there. I mean, I think maybe for the city that was the best, like because that would have generated you know hotels and everything more downtown. But I think when you have sort of this athletics complex all pretty much together, um, save for Huff now. I mean, that's I would imagine that's where you want to to keep it going we're talking to uh, scott ritchie from the news gazette the phone line is open 217-356-9397 if you want to talk uh, illinois football basketball anything else that might be uh, on your mind give us a call scott uh, is going to tell us about uh, his most recent podcast in a little bit as well but uh, let's go to the phones now and say good morning to eric hey eric what's up Hey guys, I, I was just listening, and um, you talked about that's where the silos used to be on the on the south part of campus. There, that's going to be the new uh, foundation for Harker Hall. They're moving over to that okay. new building. It's going to be built there. I just I just wondered heard about that, but I had a question about football. Um, the best receiver I remember from last year um, was Deuce Span, if I remember correctly, and then he transferred to Florida State. Is that correct? Yeah. You said that he was and, the best receiver. I mean, every time I saw guys catching bombs on the field, it was him. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, how many, how many, how many passes you th- did he catch? Five passes all year. Yeah, and the ones he did catch were early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and, and they, they did it. mostly go for touchdowns, but yeah. yeah, they did not didn't figure out a way to utilize him. Did he catch? He didn't catch five balls, did he? For the season, probably not. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I mean, remember. lots of potential okay. there, but I don't think because it was his f- yeah. obviously his first season making the move from quarterback to receiver i think he knew maybe the one route and it was deuce go long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay uh i just wanted to uh mention about the facilities that was more more my point yeah there, no but, that's, uh, that's a good point i mean things have happened over time that have changed all the plans that were maybe uh back during the gunther era and now we're into the whitman era and and it's just uh it's changed altogether. and and what they've done over that period of time is amazing really when you see all the buildings that they built and are building. Yeah, you know, that, that indoor football facility, the Irwin, that used to be like a big deal. And now I'm, who even uses that now? <laughs> They've got the uh, the baseball's got their own, and then the football's got the Smith Center. I'm not even sure what that's uh, much used for anymore, I guess. I mean, the football uh, team still uses Irwin just you know when they can't be outside to practice. I mean, there's obviously limitations you know with that facility, and the fact it's not 100 yards long. Uh, but, right. You know, it's kind of just you know it's part of you know the, the Smith Center. It's it's yeah, all tied it's, together. It's a bad weather field. Yeah, but now with you know baseball and softball, I mean, they won't have to you know hold their indoor practice there anymore. Uh, soccer team still uses it though. Um, 
again mm-hmm. when when there's bad weather. So that's the only thing the baseball and softball teams can't do. They can put up screens and bat. They can take infield. They just can't. They haven't figured out a way to hit fly balls. <laughs> <laughs> Outfielders have to wait for, uh, to get outside because you can't hit fly balls in, indoors in those buildings. All right, guys. Thanks. That's all I got. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the call. By the way, in in nine games last year, Deuce caught five passes. You were exactly right. Two of which went for touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. The guy's got. I'm a, bound to get something right. Once guy's got a Don't look at me like, so straight. Like, well, he got something right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to trying to be your safety net, and you didn't need one there. Ten thirty-eight. We'll take a break and be back with more. We'll continue to visit with Scott Ritchie and yours truly, Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. We'll visit with each other after this. Stay with us. <laughs> 1041, my fellow Saturday sports talk heading towards 11. If you want to jump in, feel free. 217-356-9397. Illinois baseball this afternoon against Nebraska, 3 o'clock. You can hear it right here. Scott Ritchie's been doing a podcast now for a while. You're up to number 200, is that right, uh, this week? Yeah, number 200 will come out Monday. Okay. Uh, so I guess roughly, what, like four years almost? Hey, give us podcast. a preview of what Underwood said. Come on. So, yeah, I had Brett Underwood was the special guest for number 200, just like he was for number 100. And it, it was a lot of sort of big-picture college basketball stuff because there's so much, honestly, that has changed between the last time he did the podcast and now. I don't, I don't think more maybe could have changed. Um, but uh, I'll give you one good tidbit here. that uh, So the main mester is going to start here shortly. And – Sincere Harris, Jaden Epps, and Sky Clark are all going to be on campus. And and, and Ty Rogers is working out with the uh, U15, U18 team. Yeah, so huh? Ty would have, but you know, he's going to be you know, with you know, Team USA at the, the training yeah. camp in Houston. So they're all working hard on basketball. Yeah, and you know, Ty missing the, the Maymester, uh, you know, Underwood said that was perfectly fine because he's got a really great opportunity you know, with you know, Team USA. And potentially to make that U18 team that'll play uh, in Mexico for the FIBA Americas. Do you know how many are trying out for how many positions? So there's 12 roster spots, and I believe there were 20, 25 maybe players Ooh. that were invited. I mean, the thing with with Ty is, like, on those teams, isn't they usually don't wind up being like, okay, it's just all the top prospects. All scorers. Yeah, because that's not how you build a team. and. Mm-hmm. The fact he's that, a pastor. He's a good, he, he he fits in with any team. The fact that he yeah he just fills every gap. Mm-hmm. I think maybe gives him a an edge in that type of situation where you're looking to put together the best group. Maybe not just twelve guys that can go out and get twenty five points. Well yeah, and, and he's a defensive player and he's a rebounder. I don't know how he will be as a scorer though. I haven't figured that out yet. I mean, I got a chance you know last, I mean to see him at the Jordan Brand Classic and like he attacks the basket off the dribble pretty well. Mm-hmm. And can facilitate in that way, but he also he, he's physical; like he can finish at the rim. Do um, you see a uh, mid-range jump shot in there anywhere? Yeah, I thought he shot it because I saw him at the the practice for the Jordan Brand Classic and then in the game, and I thought he shot it pretty well. And obviously, you know, you know, part of the practice was just you know like a practice before they went to a scrimmage, but he was knocking down corner threes pretty regularly. I think, I mean, that's a developing part of his game, but like you can become a better shooter uh, he has kind of everything else that he needs but if he can just, just work on it and he gets well, you know better as a shooter he'll be f- you he'll mentioned be that those other freshmen are going to be here 
And won't they be working out with the mem- other members of the varsity, Martinez and and the rest of them? So Melendez, I mean, rather than yeah, Martinez, the players can like get on the court together just on their own. Uh, but I mean, the main part of it is like one, they get every like all of the things that have to be done, like physicals and medical and all that done now instead of in June when the you know, summer workouts begin. But then they spend. You know the rest of May with Adam Fletcher, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe get that out of the way as well, because you know the beginning of that that stage, uh, just from what everyone has said with Fletch is, you know your body is sore for a couple weeks because you know it's he he puts you through the ringer a little bit, but it's you know, the results at the end obviously have always been you know, pretty. And impressive. this is the first time that they've had the opportunity to do this for what two years? The last two years they haven't been able to do this. Yeah, no, it's because you know. In 2020, you know, obviously everyone was just sent home. And then 2021, at the end of the season, uh, just had COVID rip through the team because they, they made it through the bubble fine. But then it was uh, after that, it got a little little dicey there. And so this is the first time they've ever been able to string together in those four weeks of spring workouts, players staying in May to work out on their own, and then you know, lead into the June summer workouts. I mean, like Coleman Hawkins has never done it until this year, and like he's going to be a junior. Talking a lot of sports with Scott Ritchie. We'll take a break and uh, continue. Hang on, Marty. We'll get back to you uh, right after this break, and we're back after this. 1049, Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, Scott Ritchie with you, and the phone line is open. Let's go to Pinehurst, North Carolina. Marty's been standing by. appreciate you uh, doing that, Marty. What's on your mind today? Well, great minds think alike. I, I turned the game off last night after the sixth inning, uh, Steve, and I usually don't do that either. Yeah, uh, I, I think I was off. I was going before the sixth, I think. Yeah, well, I, I tried to hang in there. Hey, um, I seem to remember four years ago, there was a young man coming in from Chicago that was a great player, great in the open floor, great athlete, but people questioned his shooting ability. And it seems like, uh, Rogers is not the same player. He seems to me more of a Sergio McLean, but a better shooting version who could become a good shooter. Uh, and I think, if I'm right, DeSumo was the last guy that was uh, was invited to the USA basketball, wasn't he? Scott, am I right about that? Yeah, he made the, the U18 team that summer before his right. freshman year. And uh, right. I, I don't know, remember the, the, I don't know if there's a cut order, but, you know, he. This is another case where he was ranked, I think, somewhere in the the 30s, I think, uh, and it was maybe not the the top prospect on that team, but wound up being essentially the sixth man, uh, played you know, as many minutes as you know a lot of the starters, and was a key part of that gold medal winning team. Well, you know, one of the problems that Iowa had along the way were injuries in high school. I remember uh, going down to St. Louis to watch him play, and he lasted about a quarter, and he couldn't couldn't play anymore. I mean, he just he had several injuries at at Morgan Park. Yeah, and I think if you looked a lot at his guy, what's that? He was a lot thinner before Fletch got a hold of him. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I just yeah. Yeah, after that Team USA run um, when he got to campus, they didn't do much with him that summer just because his legs were. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd played in Team USA in his high school season. His legs were shot. And I, don't, I think you know. You saw later in his career, you know, after some time, he got a little more bounce, but he just he didn't have much, you know, you know, first, you know, first Scott, really his first season. I have a question for you 
relevant to what's going on. Um, it, it seems like we're waiting for the NBA, uh, the guys to decide, uh, no, I'm not going to make it. I'll go back to college that are in the portal. Who are the five or six people that Illinois might be looking at hard that they think are going to come out of that, uh, the NBA camp and back into college basketball? Who are the people they're really interested in? I, mean, I think the probably the top two on you know that list, and it's I don't think you know Illinois staff. I mean, you don't know you know what these guys are going to do because you know things can change you know with draft prospects you know, on a day to day basis, and you know the mm-hmm. G League camp and the the combine you know this coming week are going to determine quite a bit of that. But we'll know really until June first. But uh, Pete Nance uh, from Northwestern and Matthew Mayer from Baylor are probably uh, at the top of that list. Probably only take one of them. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you'd add you know two forwards, but it's, it's a it's a wait and see. Um, I think you know Pete Nance could play the five, um, if need be. Um, honestly, Coleman Hawkins could as well. I think you can play those two together. I think you could play Matthew Mayer at the four and Coleman at the five for a, a quote unquote small ball lineup. But in terms of of getting a depth at the five, I think maybe Pete Nance is the better option. He's not super physical. I mean, this Illinois team's going to look a lot different, um, kind of in terms yeah. of of that. Well, just in terms of that physicality, because I mean, Kofi's oh, sure. gone, and you know, it's going to be more of like five guys with five with, rebounds. Uh, with like Dickerson, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's that guy left in the portal. There's just not that many seven footers that are so physical in college basketball to begin with. Um, so, you know, Hunter Dickinson might, you know finally you know, have some success against Illinois because you know, he did not against Kofi Coburn, but no, it's because Kofi not. could match him and really overpower him in the post. And there's just Illinois doesn't have that guy n- now necessarily. Dane Danger could be. We just don't know that much about him. And, and even though he's 6'9", he's got like a seven five seven six wingspan or something crazy like that. Um, but he, he's physical, but he's such a just a wild card because he's played – three games of college basketball, and I think nine total minutes. Right. Okay. Well, that answered my question. You guys, great show today. Maybe you can get Jack Evering to write his book on interviewing some coaches and finding out whether, uh, how NIL and Portal has changed the whole nature of college recruiting. Because you, you, you about got to play Sky Clark if ZZ Clark is a really good player because you wouldn't want him to not come. <laughs> I mean, I mean – do you think that far ahead? Because I think you got to. Because everyone talks about bringing in another point guard, a veteran point guard, but I think Sky Clark's got to play if you think ZZ Clark is really good. I mean, I'd hate to have Underwood's job, except I'd like to have his paycheck. <laughs> All right, Marty, thanks. Good to hear from you. All right, bye-bye. 10.55. We'll take our final break here on the show. Be back with some more for you after this. Stay with us. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. PellaofChampaign.com. 
1057, Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk, chugging along until 11 o'clock here, Lord Tate. Scott Ritchie, you mentioned podcast number 200 with uh, Brad Underwood. Hits, what, is that what a podcast does? Hit? Drops? Drops, <laughs> there you drops, go. Yeah. drops on Monday. Who was your first one with? Well, I think the first one was just me. Okay. And Jim Rosso. You interviewed yourself? Well, Jim and I have done you know, a lot of those, and like, yeah. sometimes someone fills in for him if he's gone. Yeah. I know Lawrence filled in for me one, at least once. <laughs> uh, Jeff D'Alessio you know, has as well. So we have somebody every Monday for the last essentially four years and you know, have new content at the beginning of the week. And I've been thinking a little bit. I don't know if I you know, add more work to my plate, but perhaps you know, branching out, maybe having a – a second basketball podcast during the season it was more geared towards uh, the games coming up and maybe you know, talking with a beat writer from you know, how long 15 20 30 years how long how long how long the podcast oh uh, it's usually 30 35 minutes well, that's that's a long time but yeah I don't want to go any longer because I think people lose interest and <laughs> I think 30 minutes is the it's the sweet spot don't talk about people losing interest on shows like as long as two hours. <laughs> Podcast is a little different than a radio show, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I've been thinking about, you know, maybe branching out, but I don't, we'll see if I, when the season comes, if I'm <laughs> ready to take you on. You don't have more. enough to do, huh? Yeah, have you been thinking about who fills the three remaining scholarships? Well, I think it won't be three people. Right. I think, I think at least one scholarship will remain open, and, and if Brad Underwood is set on just handing the keys of the offense to Sky Clark and Jaden Epps, I, I don't know that they have to add another guard. I think it could be beneficial, but I, they do need another big, just in terms of they have to have just another body. Um, By the way, did you see where um, Adam uh, Adam Miller Miller is going to stay at LSU? Yeah, the SEC had quite the day uh, on Friday. Uh, I know that. You know, Florida landed Kyle Lofton from St. Bonaventure, the point guard. Arkansas got Ricky Council from Wichita State. To, so they're going to have, I think that's five transfers coming and 11 newcomers at Arkansas. But good day for the SEC. Illinois is still, I think, being patient. And we are out of time. We appreciate you listening on WDWS 93.9 FM, Champaign-Urbana. Line up Saturday Sports Talk. Have a good weekend, everybody.